Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Madiba. If you happen to be in our area, you are most welcome to visit us. You'll surely feel at home. We appreciate your prayers for our ministry. We hope today's sermon will be edifying to you, your family, and your friends. Welcome.
of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Wasn't such a beautiful song service? Amen. A round of applause for our musicians. I think we can give them a round of applause with energy. God bless you. You can go back to your seats. And as we turn to our Bibles from the book of Psalm 51, Psalm 51, from verse 1. If the brothers can give me my volume here, I think it's fine now. Psalm 51, verse 1. Let's read it together as it is a norm. Have mercy upon me. O oh God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was sharpened in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. Romans 8, verse 30. Romans 8, verse 30. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. As we bow our heads, gracious Heavenly Father, this morning, by grace, we approach your throne of mercy. Lord, we ask for healing for those that may be sick. We ask deliverance for those that may be troubled and afflicted. We ask for encouragement for those that may be discouraged. We ask every need in the building be met supernaturally. We've heard of our brother giving a testimony this morning how you granted him a job. 
Dear Goti, when we look at the world, everyone is drowning in a state of hopelessness. But it's quite amazing that we come to the house of the Lord and you are able to meet our spiritual needs, our physical needs, and every need is met. And this morning, I'm standing here presenting the needs before you, spoken and unspoken. May you, dear God, just perform a miracle. May you move supernaturally until people have got to come back to the house of God and say, it is not my intellect, it is not my ability, it is not my experience, but it is the grace of God. Dear God, we want your grace in our life to be on display. That even unbelievers can watch and see, who, what kind of God do they serve? May you, dear God, never forsake us. May you always be there for us. Even as, dear God, we will never forsake you. We will never be ashamed of our testimonies about you. We will never be hesitant to speak to people about you. We will never shy speaking to people about you, this message. We will never be ashamed of the results of this ministry in the end time in our lives. And dear God, right now I pronounce blessings upon your children. As we read the way, may you anoint my lips. May you anoint their ears. That dear God, whatever we speak here, may it elevate us to a better position. But more so, may it help us to prepare for a body change. Because the prophet says, our gathering here, if it is not for a preparation, then it is in vain. We have to admit, dear God, that the world is falling apart. But dear God, in the world that is falling apart, there is a bride that is preparing for a flight out of this dimension into another dimension. There is a bride that believes that we are living in the rapture season. We see the signs of the time. Oh God, help us to lift up our heads because our redemption draweth in the air. As we commit everything to you in Jesus Christ's name, amen. amen. I bless you richly as you take the comfort of your seats. Amen. And then for a couple of minutes, I want to speak on a subject. If they bring the subject it is forgiven, 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 justified, and fully redeemed. God bless you. Uh, we appreciate the Lord for Sister Shimeza. She traveled very well from home. Amen. Forgiven, justified. And fully redeemed. The devil doesn't want you to see those things. Amen. Now, I, I was quite having a jubilee when I prepared this message or things that I saw in the message, and I hope it will give you a jubilee as well. Now, 
are we all believers? Are we all knowing or believing that we are sinners saved by grace? Do we believe that? Maybe, brother, bring the slides after the two scriptures. So, we were born in sin. We, it was not our choice. Brother Brenham says, uh, God is not going to judge you for being a sinner. He says he's going to judge you for remaining a sinner. So, you being a sinner is not your choice. You were born in sin. But remaining in sin is your choice. Are you hearing me this morning? Now, we, we were all born in sin. Everyone, everyone. God bless you, Sister Stella. Good to see you. Amen. So, we were all born in sin. Are we together? Came to the world speaking lies, shaped in iniquity. Uh, are we together? Uh, everyone here was never taught to lie, but you just lied. Hallelujah. Is there anyone that has never told a lie in the building? All right. Another say, eh, eh. It means they don't even dare. We, we, when we were born here, we, we just found ourselves speaking lies. Why? Because that was the nature in which we were born into. Are you still with me? Now, after you were, and, and it's a matter of genetics. That's why if you spend time with your family members, and I'm meaning extended family members, you're going to see certain traits that is in them that used to be in you before you were born again. Amen. How many know what I'm talking about? You, in some of them you can see temper and say, ah, I remember that old temper. What, what happened? Had God not shown grace to you, you would have turned out the way they turned out. Amen. Are you still with me, folks? Now, after, then you were born in sin. Then you've got to die in sin. Or you've got to die to sin. Are you still with me? Yes. Now, the only, the, if you were born in sin, then for you to get out of sin, you must die to sin. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Uh, I hope we are together here. You, you, you must not uh, divorce sin. You must not just separate from sin because separation can lead to reconciliation. Are you still with me? So you, you must die to sin. That means there must be a new creature. And after that, then you must be forgiven. Hallelujah. Your sins must come where you acknowledge God, I'm a sinner, and God forgive my sins. And after that, God forgives your sins. Then it's what you call, you are now born again. Now I want to call it, now you are born in grace. You were once born in sin, but now you are reborn in grace. And thereafter, then you are justified. The word justified is so heavy, and we're going to dwell on it this morning, as though you have never done it in the first place. Actually, let me not say it's, it's not as though you, you have never done it in the first place. Are you still with me? Now, that means everything that you did when you were born in sin is never recorded. It's never allocated against your name. And we're going to come into that. Then thereafter we say, now you are redeemed. 
Redeemed, it means now you are brought back to your place of origin. But before you are brought back to your place of origin, you must acknowledge that I was born in sin. You must die to sin. You must ask for forgiveness of sins. You must be reborn in grace. Then you are justified. Then you are fully redeemed. Uh, do we have a road map of where we are going? Are you happy, folks? Amen. Uh, are, you really, are you really happy when they say you are justified? Amen. We're going to get into the, the... You know, being justified, it's, it's such a... Uh, there's never been a message ever I heard where a man says justification, to, to be justified, it means you have never done it in the first place. But we're going to come into that. Brother Brenham in the message, private interview... It was with Sister Bruce. We all have got mind battles at some point in time. We all go through introspection and that during those sessions where we talk to ourselves, the devil can hijack that conference and talk to you. Uh, how many know what I'm talking about? After church, you are in this jubilant mood and you are talking to yourself, but my Monday afternoon, the devil will say, hang on, I've got something to deliver to you. Uh, are you with me? Have we all been there? Where, have we all, the, has ever the devil made you doubt that you are a child of God? Amen. Has ever the devil doubt, made you doubt that you are a believer? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That, that's his business. And my business is to tell you that he's a liar. And your business is to believe me when I tell you he is a liar. Are you still with me? Now, Sister Bruce is at uh, Brenham Tabernacle. And Sister Bruce, they are having a conversation with the prophet. And Sister Bruce says to the prophet, But I have never had an experience that I have been filled with the Holy Ghost. That I could put my foot on. Sister Bruce said, I don't remember the moment. I don't have somewhere where I can put my foot on and say, I, I am filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, Brother Brenham, listen to the answer of Brother Brenham to Sister Bruce. He says, all right, notice this. Ordinarily, a human being is born in sin, shaped in iniquity, come to the world speaking lies. That's the nature of a human being. Sister Bruce acknowledges, yes, the Brother Brenham. Brother Bruce says, that was your nature. Hallelujah. It changed once. But what changed it? Folks, what changed it? It's not even the church, isn't it? It's not even the prophet that changed it. Are you still with me? Amen. Christ changed it. And it says, there you are, sister. See, that's, that's it. Now, Sister Bruce is struggling to say, where can I put my foot on and say, I've been, had an experience that I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And Brother Bruce says, remember the time, Sister Bruce, you were born in sin, you were a sinner, and, some, and at some point in time, there was a change. And he said, what changed you? He says, that's Christ. Amen. 
And the prophet say, that's it. Now, now they're getting to where Sister Bruce can put her foot somewhere to say there's been a change. And that change was effected by the Holy Spirit. Let's carry on. He says, say, see, you are a Christian, Sister Bruce. I have watched your life. And we understand the man that was speaking here. This is the man that can see your thoughts. This is the man that knows where you have been. This is the man that knows where you were born. This is the man that would have known what you have done in your life. But now he says, I have watched your life. I, and now, because he, he thinks Sister Bruce doesn't get the, get the gravity of the statement. He says, I have watched you under vision. And I know you are a Christian. Not one speck of, see, I'm a shepherd as it was, Sister Bruce says, yes, somebody to help you. Now, I am bringing to you that he, as much as Sister Bruce had mind battles, we all sometimes have mind battles. Amen. Are you still with me? Amen. Now, the prophet is not here to tell you that I've watched your life under a vision, but as a minister of the gospel, I'm here to say God has watched your life. Yes. And you are a Christian. Are you, are you still with me? This is, a, this is a mind battle for us because the greatest battle ever fought, the its ground where it is supposed to rage, it's a human mind. Can somebody say amen? amen. Now, let's come to this next one. Now, before the foundation of the world, God took a snapshot of your picture. Hallelujah. Where, folks? When we say before the foundation of the world, this is before sin. This is before unbelief. Are you still with me? Now, God, even, and this is before Satan. Hallelujah. Before there was the devil, God took your picture. Hallelujah. Before, this picture it means that it was you in your perfect state. Are you, are you with me, folks? Amen. Now, after he took your picture, then God allowed you to come and be featured here on earth. Amen. And the prophet says, the negative part of life is where you are living now. Amen. This is the negative part of life. It's where you are living now. Amen. Are you still with me? Amen. But the positive is where you come from. And the positive is where this message is taking you back to. When we say, I come from God, I go back to God, that means you come from the positive, expressed in the negative, to be processed and be tempted. But later on, you must be brought back to your original state. Can somebody say amen to that? Now, let's get into this picture. The prophet says in question and answers here, 21 is the paragraph. He says, now, this picture, the one that I just showed you, is the main thing. Then in the resurrection, those gases and acids and things come right back into the place and develops this picture again. 
Now, this picture was not taken when you were 16 or 18 or 20 years old at your best. When was it taken? Before there was a foundation of the world. And it was put in God's great fire. I don't know, folks, have you ever come across your old picture? Have you ever come across your old picture? Now, when you, when you are 40 and you look at your picture when you are 18, how does it make you feel? Hallelujah. You, you can't look at it and, not, and a smile not come to your face. Are you still with me? Now, if your natural picture that was taken of you when you were at your best makes you to smile, how much more must a picture that was taken before the foundation of the world, you in your perfect state, how much more must it make you feel? Are you here, folks? We're going to come because the devil has made you to dwell so much on the negative. And you are missing the positive. Are you still with me? Now, he says, before there was a foundation of the world, it was put in God's great fire. Then the only thing it did, it was featured, it featured itself here for you to make your choice. Then you become a servant of God. Him for knowing it makes him a redeemer as we have been through it. Then he carries on, he says, then that picture is absolutely, this picture is the negative. The picture that you are looking at is the negative. The negative part of life is where you are living now. And anything, if there is a negative, there's got to be a positive before there can be a negative. Are you still with me? If you've got this picture, there is another picture before this picture. Are you still with me? And, and have you realized how we take so much time trying to better this picture? But as much as we try and put all the human interventions, it keeps on degenerating every day. The, the, the shoulders that used to be broad, as the years go by, they get more stooped. What pushes them is because of the degeneration. This is the negative, it's not the positive. Are you still with me, folks? Now he says, therefore, if this is a negative, there's got to be a positive somewhere. And this aren't the real thing. And this is where you come to church for me to tell you that this life aren't the real thing. Hallelujah. There is a better life. And you, you, can, you can battle in this life, but make sure you don't miss the other life. I hope we are together. He says, this is only a foreshadow of the real thing that is to come. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Then again, he says, so I don't care what they would do with you. Brother, bring the picture. Go back to those pictures. Leave it as it is while I read this quotation. So I don't care what they would do with you here. They cannot destroy that profile. Are you hearing me? Eh? It doesn't matter what the devil does here. He will never destroy this. Amen. The devil can affect this, but he can never affect this. Mm. 
no wonder God tells Satan, the serpent, he says, dust shall be your food. And this body is made of dust. And he was addressing the devil in the serpent. That's why the devil can make this body sick. But brother, he can never make this one sick. The devil can kill this one, but he can never kill this one. The devil can bury this one, but he can never bury this one. And when you come to church, we want to introduce this one to this one. Are you still with me? I don't care what they would do with you. They cannot destroy that profile. That picture is in God's great gallery up there. Hallelujah. God has got an album with our pictures. Are you still with me? There are times when you are low in the spirit, you are discouraged, and you think I'm nothing. God looks in the album and says, only if she can see herself in my album. <laughs> are you here, folks? Uh, he says, they cannot destroy that profile. That picture is in God's great gallery up there. It cannot destroy it. It's in heaven. You could burn it up, you could burn this one up, feed it to the lions, and do it any way you want. But this one will still come off, come up because of this one. Are you still with me? He says it will come up forth again just as sure as two and two is four. Just as sure as God spoke it, it will come forth. Are you still with me? Now, let's come to this quotation, brother. In the message, who is this Melchizedek? The prophet says, 116, he says, sure, plainly, the predestinated is the only one that's considered in redemption. Did you get that one? Say, so let me say that again. The predestinated is the only one that's considered in redemption. People might be making like, think they are, but the real redemption is those that are predestinated. Because the very way the very, the very word redeem means to bring back. Is that right? Yes, to redeem something, to redeem anything is bringing it back to its original place. Yes, so it's only the predestinated that will be brought back because the others didn't come from there. Yes, Let's go back to my picture, my brother. Now, here, we all look the same. You and your neighbor and your colleagues, you look the same. Am I correct? But beyond this line, the invisible line, we are not the same. Are you still with me? Your, your, your boss, or whoever it may be, or maybe, let me give you with my favorite illustration. The Samaritan woman and the priest here looked the same. But when you crossed the invisible line, you did not find the priest here. You found the Samaritan woman. Now, the Samaritan woman here, hallelujah, although she looked like everybody else and if not worse, 
But the beauty about it, she had what we call a representation. When God looked at the Samaritan woman, he, he did not see her the way everybody saw her. Everybody saw a prostitute, but God was not looking at the prostitute. God was looking in the album. And in the album of God, she's not a prostitute. She's a daughter of Abraham. Are you here this morning? Now, today, people are looking at you. You make mistakes. You've got your ups and downs. And folks, don't forget, even when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, Brother Brown said, there will always be a sticky nature in you. Are you still with me? There will always be mistakes that you will make. But thanks be to God that God is not looking at this, but God is looking at us in our perfect state. Those that he called, hallelujah, he justified. Those that he justified, he glorified. To God, God is not looking at the process. God is looking at the complete picture already. This morning, God sees you in your perfect state. Are you here this morning? Oh, Brother Madiba. Hey, Bethel. I've got many mistakes. Now, here, um, when we speak about predestination, it's not that we encourage wrongful living. You don't say, I can live any life that, that I can live because I'm predestinated. Brother said, the very moment you do that, it shows you are not predestinated. He says, when you are predestinated and you do something that God does not want, it causes an offense in you. You can never sleep until you approach God and say, God, please forgive my unbelief. Are you still with me? If you are comfortable in sin, it may mean that you've got no gem of life in you. Because when you've got a gem of life, it makes you not to have peace when you're not at peace with your maker. Are you with me, folks? My. Now, so you were, this was born in sin. Are we together? This came to the world speaking life. This was a crook right from the beginning. Hallelujah. But now, one day, you came in contact with the weight. And when you came in contact with the weight, this part was activated. This part was always there, but it was laying dormant. Hallelujah. But it was waiting to be activated, or if I use the message language, it was waiting to be quickened. It was there. The seat of life has always been there, but you did not know because you had amnesia. You thought you were like them. You lived like them. You conducted yourself like them. But one day, the light of the hour flashed. And this man was activated. And something in you said, ah, there is a better life than what I'm living. What was happening? Your picture in God's gallery was activated. Are you with me this morning? When we speak about predestination, maybe if we move to this slide, 
There is a life permitted and there is a life predestinated. A life permitted is not the same as life predestinated. Cain was permitted, but Abel was predestinated. Judas was permitted, but Jesus was predestinated. The wrong church was permitted, but the right church was predestinated. You were predestinated. A sinner was permitted to live here. Uh, you know why we say permitted? It's because that life does not originate from God. But you come from God. God planned you. But there are people that were injected as the plan of God was unfolding. But these people can never be returned back to God because they don't come from God. These people, there are people that can never be redeemed. It's a hard statement, but I had much better say it. There are people that will never be redeemed. You can preach the gospel until you are blue in your face. They will never see it. You can fast for them. They will never see it. You can have an all-night prayer for them. They will never see it. But there are moment people within five minutes when the word is presented, they will recognize it. What is the difference? One predestinated, another one permitted. Are you with me, folks? Now, you, you realize, when it comes to the matters of God, you don't judge, uh, majority doesn't rule. I say majority doesn't rule. You cannot say, a majority goes this way, I go that way. No. The predestinacy doesn't follow the majority. They follow the life inside. We're going to come to some stuff. The prophet says, being eternal with him, the eternal, now, let's put it this way about eternal life. You don't receive eternal life. Eternal life cannot be received. Eternal life is, you, all, you have it. Are you still with me? I don't know whether you're getting what I mean. You don't receive eternal life. You've always had eternal life. That's why, you see, the Bible says, as many as were foreordained believed. Why did they believe? As many as were foreordained to eternal life believed. Why did they believe? Because they all always had eternal life. You're not hearing me, but you'll hear me. The message, who is this Melchizedek? And coming to a point, the gospel doesn't make you eternal. The gospel makes you recognize that you are eternal. Are you, are you still with me? You, you didn't become eternal when you accepted the gospel. You have always been eternal. That's why you were able to receive the gospel. Now, being eternal with him, if they say you are eternal with somebody, what does it mean? It doesn't mean he started from here, you joined him. 
It means right from eternity. You are part of him. Are you still with me? So the prophet says, you are eternal with God. Whatever God thought and whatever God is and from, hallelujah, from his origin, you have always been there. And, and we know God never had a beginning. Then that means if you are eternal with God, you never had the beginning. Are you here this morning? That means when he was the self-existing one, you were with him. That means when he canvassed himself and poured himself into the logos, you were with him. That means when he became flesh, you were with him. That means today, you are still with him. When you die, you are with him. Then you will spend eternity with him. You come from eternity, you are going back to eternity. Oh, folks, maybe I must tell you, the devil must never rob you of the moment of pleasures in this life. This life, if we are ever to quantify it biblically, your life might be five minutes here on earth. Are you hearing me? A thousand years is only how many? A day in heaven. So you, 40 years, what is 40 years? A few seconds. So are you going to miss eternity because of a few seconds? Oh, come on, Mzalani. Apply your mind. This, we are here, future, just for a moment. You're not going to be here more than 80 years. Ah, those that live beyond 80 is the likes of Sister Maseko and Sister Madonza. You young ones, ah, the way you are eating KFC, no, 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 no. You are here just for a moment. But while you are here, make your decision that I come from eternity and I'm returning back to eternity. Being eternal with him. The eternal life that you had, his thought of what you were only, he wanted me to stand in the pulpit. He wanted you to sit in your seat this morning. Amen. Then we are saving his eternal purpose. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And the one that left home only come to earth to serve his purpose. Is that right? Amen. The one who left where? And where is home? Eternity. Then we came into time to serve his eternal purpose. Is that right? Then after it's finished, it's brought back in a glorified state. It's matured and brought back again. So after, folks, (laughs) let me tell you, you know that even if God can give you 150 years to live here as you are, there are times where you're going to tell God, I, me, I'm tired, I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know there are people here that say, I, me beyond 100, I am fine. Yeah. I don't want to be carried. Isn't so? Yeah. Are you with me? There are times where this body gets so tired that I, Lord, now I want to come home. Yeah. But imagine if you don't have home. <laughs> you, you know, towards the evening time, Normally when children are playing in the streets, as the sun sets, there is time where everybody says, gentlemen, I'll see you tomorrow. Yes. Why are they leaving? It's because they've got home. Yes. Imagine if you don't have home, the streets are your home. 
and he asked the streets are not our homes. We are pilgrims and strangers here. We come from eternity and one day we are going back home. And the message is here to deliver you back home. Let's go. Now, when we speak about redemption, there is a redemption of the soul and there is a redemption of the body. Right now, we have experienced the redemption of the soul. We have not yet experienced the redemption of the body. Why? You're gonna, still going to get sick. Are you still with me? You, you, you're still going to be affected by these things, this body. But it does not mean that you are not redeemed. You are redeemed, your soul, even though you may be in a sick body. But there's coming a time where your body will be fully redeemed. And that body will never be sick again. Right now, your soul will never be sick again. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope we are together. Amen. In the message adoption, my volume just went up, brother. In the message adoption, paragraph 180, the prophet says, And what is it when you are out there in redemption with a brand new body? <laughs> Folks, a brand new body is better than a brand new car. Are you with me, folks? A car you can buy it. And Brother Brum said I had a T Ford model in no time. You know, your car, you buy it, you get excited, but after some years, it irritates you. Has it ever happened? I once had a car and I loved it. In no time, it was so ugly, I hated it. With a passion. And all cars are like that. After you bought this one, they release this one, that one bores you. Isn't so? But there's coming a time where you're going to have not just a brand new car, a brand new body. (laughs) Are you getting what I mean for? You know, you know, when you are, when when you are wearing a new dress, sister, you you know, the walk is not the same. Tell us the truth. The spending in the mirror is not the same. You spend much longer because it's a new dress. And if a new dress can make you feel good, imagine what a new body will do. Mm. Now, the prophet says, Adoption 180, he says, what is it when you are way out there in redemption with a brand new body? You have turned back to a young man altogether again. Or a young woman. You are never going to die no more. And you look down on earth and think, I could enjoy some grapes, some good cold water. You know, I don't need it here. But someday Jesus is coming. And this angelic body, this theophany that I'm living in, will not come through the womb of a woman anymore. It will, come through, it will not come through sexual desire anymore. But because that he was born without sexual desire, I will be resurrected without it. Now, 
You'll bear with me. I'm not trying to be graphic. What ushered the world into chaos was sexual desire. What causes havoc in the end time is sexual desire. But the prophet said there will be a body that will be resurrected in that will not be a product of sexual desire. And I say, for you to show that you've got that body, you must overcome sexual desire here. Oh, you're not hearing me. Are you hearing me, young man? A young man that will live pure and upright before marriage until he waits for marriage is a young man that has overcome sexual desire. And marriage is not a remedy for sexual desire. If you get married while you have not overcome sexual desire, we have just poured petrol on fire. I will not go in. Let me stop there. Are you with me? Are you with me, folks? Marrying one woman and focusing on one woman, it shows you have overcome sexual desire. All right, we are, not, we are not there. We'll come one day. So, it will not come through the womb of a woman anymore. It will not come through sexual desire anymore. But because that he was born without sexual desire, I will be resurrected without... So, the day God, when he was made flesh, he had to bypass sexual desire. For you to come up with a life that is not subject to it. He will speak someday and the dead in Christ shall rise. And that body that I once lived in will resurrect into a glorified body. And I will walk and I will talk and I will live and I will enjoy. I will live through the eternal ages that is to come through Jesus Christ our Lord. There you are, brother. That's the gospel. He is explaining to you there is the redemption of the body. But today, I'm not on the redemption of the body. I'm on the redemption of the soul. Are you with me? We're going to come back to the redemption of the body. Now, Brother Brennan makes a statement in, who is this Melchizedek? Do you still read the books? Do you still read in the message, who's this Melchizedek? Brother Brum says, we bypassed our theophany. Yes, now, to bypass, when, you know, when, when we speak the message, I often say the message is not English. If you use English to interpret the message, you're going to misinterpret the message. Amen. Bypassed in English, it means it's one object that is coming and you detour in order to avoid the object, and you come on the other side, and you are back on the road, we say you bypassed it. Are we sure? Amen. But the bypass that Brother Brennan is speaking about today is not the bypass of the English, how you understand it. Amen. Are you still with me? Yes. And I'll, I'll explain what we mean by that bypass. Hmm. Because if you apply it the way it is, it would mean that you have never seen your theophany. You have never come in contact with your theophany because you bypassed it. Are you with me? And that will not be scriptural. 
And Brother Brenham is not wrong. Brother Brenham is right. We bypassed our theophanies. But what does it mean to bypass? Question and answers. 848. I like to preach to good message students. They don't get bored by this. Now, it says, now, there you are. That's the way we are here. You remember two pictures? The one living in the negative. That's the way we are here. We come from a higher being. We are in the negative, but we come from the positive. We are in the terrestrial, but we come from theophany. In the beginning, we were in the image of God. We were in the the veil and the darkness keeps us from knowing it now. But Jesus told his disciples, he was with them before the foundation of the world. See, we were. You can't know it now, but you were in the beginning. And if this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, we have one already waiting. Hallelujah. We can move into this theophany, what we once lived. So we can eat and shake hands. If you check it there, we're going to get into some algebra. I, uh, do you see I made a dash on that statement? I made a dash. But I made a bold state, uh, I made that statement in bold. Then we moved into this theophany that we once lived. The prophet said, when we die here, where do we go? Into the theophany that we once lived in. Are you seeing it today? The reason I, I, I put a dash there so we can eat and shake hands. Brother Brenham, as a prophet, I like his honesty. When he preached about the theophany before he was taken beyond the curtain of time, God took him beyond the curtain of time to bring an understanding to the prophet of what a theophany is. Here he says we can eat and shake hands. Yes, with the theophany we can shake hands, but we cannot eat. But after Brother Brenham went beyond the curtain of time and experienced a theophany, he came back and he said a theophany cannot eat. But a glorified body can eat. And what is a glorified body? It says when a terrestrial, a theophany, picks up a terrestrial body, it becomes a glorified body. A glorified is two in one, terrestrial and theophany. Then it can eat. Jesus, when he came, after the resurrection, they wanted to touch him and say, don't touch me, because I've not yet ascended to the Father. But after the resurrection, when he met Thomas, he said, Thomas, come. Touch my hands. Give me fish to eat. What body did he have that can eat and walk through the door? Glorify. Are you getting what I mean here? That's why when you read the message, read the whole message. Listen to the whole tape. Because if you only listen to the greatest battle ever fought, Brother Brenham in that message, he says, a man is a soul. He says, a man is a body, soul, spirit. But after the open of the series, God shows it. It's not, a, it's not a body, soul, spirit. It's body, spirit, and soul. 
Are you getting what we mean here? Here he says the Theophany can eat, but later he says, no, it cannot eat because he grew in revelation. But what I like, he never changed this statement that we once lived in our Theophany. Now, what does bypass mean? Because we need to explain what bypass means. He says we once lived in our Theophany. But now he says we bypassed our Theophany. What does it mean? He says Jesus never bypassed his Theophany. Amen. You know what does it mean? Brother Bram, for you to understand, listen to when Brother Bram says, when you recognize the word of God to be the eagle's food, then you had. You had what? You could have a lot. Actually, we're going to dwell in this. This is the real meat. Hallelujah. I see now. <laughs> he says we heard from? So it means there was a time when you did not hear from? But when you recognize the word of God to be the eagle's food, then you? And when you did not hear from your theophany, what does it mean? You were disconnected. And what made you to disconnect? It was your natural birth. You were born in sin, shaped in iniquity. Then you were disconnected. Jesus was never disconnected from his theophany. That's why as a 12-year-old, he could break the weight before the priest. He was never disconnected. There was never a time where Jesus did anything and we say, it's because he did not know the weight. He knew the weight from birth as he was growing. Everything was the weight upon the weight because he was never disconnected from his silver. But you were born in sin. You were disconnected. There are many things that you did that you are ashamed of. Am I correct? But today, you, what happened? You are now, when we mean bypass, it means your theophany did not have influence on you. Amen. Are you with me? Yes. But there was a time when now, after you recognized the word of God to be the eagle's food, then your theophany had an influence on you. Are you with me this morning? Yes. Are you with me this morning? Yes. I hope we are together. Let's move on, brother. We're still going to come. Let's come to the next one. The next slide. He says the same message. Who is this Melchizedek? Paragraph 88. He says, then after you recognized the very weight of God was eagle food, then you left the other thing. You have then been formed into the living image of the living God. Then you heard from? But you can't hear from your theophany until you recognize the word of God to be the eagle's food. And the recognition of the word of God to be eagle's food, it makes you to reconnect from your theophany. Are you with me, folks? Amen. I've always made an illustration that it's like having a cell phone. But you can't use it because it has no network. The reason it cannot be used is because it cannot reach the tower. 
but it's a cell phone. And the tower of the network may be around, not far. It does not change that if it's a cell phone of Vodacom, that it's still Vodacom. But it cannot be used as Vodacom until it connects to the Vodacom tower. Are you still with me? You are a child of God, but you never operated as a child of God until you were connected to your tower. And what is your tower now? You are few for me. Are you with me, folks? I hope we are together. Let's come to this one. The Invisible Union of the Bride. 226. The prophet says, in the message, he says, for instance, when you heard I got drunk and did some evil things and everything, then you come around and say, you found out I didn't do it. Then you come and say, Brother Brenham, I forgive you. Forgive me? I didn't do it at the first place. Now, if I did do it, I'm guilty. But you could forgive me and I wouldn't be guilty. But yet, I'm not justified. Because, because I actually done it. Are you with me? Amen. Then it says 228. But the word justified is though you never done it. It's not even regarded at all. How is it done? In God's book of the sea of forgetfulness, your old book and marriage is divorced and dead. It's not even in the memories of God. Are you, are you getting what we mean here? Now, I want to thank God for forgiveness. But more so, I want to thank God for being justified. Because justification, it means I'm on a higher level than just being forgiven. Oh, brother, let's put it this way. If I come to your house and when I leave, I steal a tower, a tower. And uh, every time I'm at your house, towers go missing. And later I come to you and say, brother, can I see you with me, the pastor? And I say, hey, look, my brother. Every time I'm at your house, you've got such beautiful towers. You know, hey, I stole them. I'm here asking for your forgiveness. You're going to say, I forgive you. And after you forgave me, and there's some time coming where I tell you, I'm coming over for a sleepover at your place. Look at what you're going to do. If it used to be white towers, you're going to not move out the white towers. Even the girls, you're going to tell them, Get cheap ones because we don't know. <laughs> Why? I am forgiven, but you don't forget that I'm guilty. Amen. But with God, once he has forgiven and he has justified, he trusts you like you have never done it in the first place. Even God himself, he can never remember. This makes me have some goosebumps. That there are sins that are no longer in God's memory. Even when the devil wants to jog God's memory and say, remember this fellow, God said, I don't remember. You remember what he did on such and such? I don't remember. Because it is thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. Thank God for justification. A man will remember, but God will never remember. 
in the sea is not even in the memories of God. You are justified. Therefore, being justified, it was accused. You were accused. You never done it in the first place. This one I'm going to get into some stuff. Accused, but you were never done it in the first place. But there is evidence that you did it. The devil has got evidence. He was there. He's an eyewitness. He's an accuser. But God hears this, but mm, I don't remember. You see, the devil gets angry with God about you most of the time. Amen. Because the devil remembers God doesn't remember. Amen. He says you were accused, you never done it in the first place. The old union is in the sea of forgetfulness. You wasn't married to it to begin with. He, the bridegroom, bore your shame himself for you in your place. He took your place for you were predestinated for him to be in his bride. Before the foundation of the world, the Bible says so. You are, pre, you are the predestinated seed. I want to come to this one that you have never done it. But before I do that, let me get this out of the way. Question and answers 331. He says, and as long as you are in this life, you are going to be sticky and have a carnal nature that's going to bother you as long as you live. But the inside of you, you are born again. And when you are raised up, you are in the likeness of Christ and all the sin has gone from you. That's the thing. Now, I want to get to this. You did it? You remember you did it? The devil remembers you did it, but God says you never did it. Now, let's get how is it done. Bring that picture of the two guys. No, no, no. Let's go back to the picture. Okay. There we go. All right. This fella lied. Oh, maybe lying is very light. Killed. Fornicated, committed adultery, all sorts of vile things. This fellow. The devil saw him. The devil recognized him doing that. He as well remembers, I did it. But God says, You have not done it. What does it mean? Now, I'm going to give an illustration. If you lose your ID document and it picked up by a crook and the first thing maybe if I give an example about you sisters he might go to home affairs and marry you. You know that there are women that are married to men that they never saw because they lost the ID document. 
after he made it to you, then he moves, he goes to Varacom, he takes an iPhone. Then he moves out of uh, Varacom, he gets into Edgar's shop. He goes into a bank, he gets a credit card. Now he's got three of them. You never had one, but now he's got three. He spends almost maybe to 500,000, 700,000 to a million. And one day you wake up, you realize, my ID is missing. And I don't know where it is. Your responsibility is not to go after the crook. The first thing that you've got to do, you've got to go to a police station and get what we call a commissioner of oath. Who's going to tell you or make an affidavit for you? In the affidavit, you're going to say, this day, I lost my ID. And these are the ID number you give the particulars. All you tell them is that you lost your ID. You don't tell them who you owe, what happened with the ID. No. I lost my ID. What does it mean? It means anything that was done under that ID from the day when the affidavit was made or the date that the affidavit mentions, it can never be held against you. It is in your name. It's your ID. It's your picture. It's your numbers. Everything is about you. But still, it's not you. Are you getting what we mean here? And this is not... Affidavit, you can't do it from down the street. You must get a commissioner of oath. Why is it a commissioner of oath? So that it can stand in court. And after you go to the affidavit, Vodacom phones you, you owe us. All you've got to know, it's not me. But it's your name. It's not me, ma'am. Can I email you the affidavit? Edgar, you owe Edgar. I don't owe you. Can I drop the affidavit? From that time, your name and affidavit are more the same. Wherever you go, affidavit. Why? Because affidavit has got the legal strength to say it was done in your name, but it's not you. Oh, I was born in sin, shaped in iniquity. The devil took my identity. But it is not in me. It was done like you threw me, but it's not in me. I can never commit adultery. I can never tell a lie. But he told a lie through my identity. Are you here? Affidavit. It means a written statement confirmed by oath or affirmation for use as evidence in court. Why in court? Because you're going to be accused. Now, it will be foolish after somebody stole your identity and you've got an affidavit and you go and commit crime. Imagine you've got a affidavit that people did this in your name and later you get arrested. 
Are you okay? Yeah. It means, uh, are you getting what we mean? Yeah. After you have been given affidavit, you become loyal to affidavit. You don't do anything that can be contrary to the spirit in which the affidavit was made. Let's get you to affidavit. First seed. Brother Brim says, paragraph 144. He says, the angel says this in 1963. Wait, my brother. You're revealing so much. Mm -mm. Let's go back to first seed. Yeah. First seed, 146. The angel is ready to set one foot on the land and the other one on the sea with a rainbow over him. Who's this angel? Christ, mighty angel. Amen. I, are you here? Amen. You allow me to preach. Yes. In this church, I always finish the evening. You owe me more time. Angel. This church owes me so much time. And you can't sleep. Because normally I release you early, you remember? Yeah. So I've been counting it is. Yeah. Now, he says, 144. This is the mighty angel. Angel is ready to set one foot on the land, the other foot on the sea, with a rainbow over him, with feet, and say, time has run out. And he says that he raised up his hand and saw that time would be no more. And when this happened, how perfect it is, as son affidavit to the church. Now, the mighty angel has got a son affidavit to the church. When he came down, he had a book in his hand. Brother Brenham now calls that book an affidavit. A son affidavit to the church. Amen. And I want to follow up this affidavit. First seal, 146. This is just to clarify something. When the Lamb took the book and broke the first seal, God spoke from his eternal throne to say what that seal was to be revealed. But when it was placed before John, it was a symbol. When John saw it, it was still a mystery. Why? It wasn't even revealed right then. It cannot be revealed until what is said here at the end time. So John saw a symbol. But a symbol is not a revelation. That's why we are not preaching the seals is not to the horses. The horses are the symbols of the seals. Then there is a revelation of the symbols of the seals. We are not living during the time of symbols. We live during the time of the revelation of what the symbols represented. So that's why I want to get to say, yes, it was a book, but what symbol, what, 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 what did it symbolize? Let's come. Invisible Union of the Bride, 224. He says, now, your name, your name is now in the new book. Not in the book of life. But the Lamb's book of life, what the Lamb redeemed. I'll come back to something. 
not the old book of your natural union, but your new, the bride. Your new life is in the Lamb's book of life. Your marriage certificate. Where your true eternal gem from the beginning takes hold. Son of David. Your name has been moved from the old book to the new book. Bring the picture, my favorite picture. You go up, back. Yeah. When this one was born, and they say, you were born on the 11th of January, 1944. As soon as you were born, your name was put in the book of life. Then, the first sugar that you stole, it was recorded in that book. The first lie that you told, it was recorded. Every deed that you committed was recorded. Where? In the book. But here is something. You are not an ordinary human being. You are a son and a daughter of God. Before your name was put in the book of life, there was your name in the Lamb's book of life. Hey. Now, this is, this is Philip Mafaga. He was born on such and such day. But this one is not Philip Mafaga. Are you with me? Angel of Azalai. I get it. The name that you were given by your parents is not the name that God gave you. Who were you before you were Philip Mafagas? Because Philip Mafagas, they said, Ah, we are Shona. What, what can we find? Let's find a Shona name. Isn't so? Amen. But before you were, you, before you were not Shona, yes. are you still with me? But you had a name Amen. that God wrote in his name. Amen. And what was your name before the foundation of the world? And what type of book? Because it is not a book that is made of wood. Yeah. The book is not made of wood. What kind of a book is that? And what kind of a name was it? Because this is before you got your own name here. The book is himself. The name is your character in him. Are you hearing me, church? Your character in him will never seem. But when you were expressed here, this fella can see. But you, this morning, God does not look at the book of life. He's looking at the Lamb's book of life. He's looking at your character in Him before the foundation of the world. And this Lamb's, Brother Brum said, the seven seals is the Lamb's book of life. And it says, when the seals were broken, John had his name. Are you hearing me? And after that, Let's take it further. Then he said, the Lamb's book of life is a marriage certificate. We want to break down a marriage certificate. You know, when, when a man is rich, there are always chance takers around a rich man. You know, ah, this child is so and so. Just because he's rich. If he dies, 
there is likelihood that other women can say, yeah, now I'm on TMBC. Uh, isn't so, folks? There's always... When a poor man dies, he, he gets buried very peacefully. But when a rich one is buried... Hey, guys, you see, that certificate is missing. I But the wife of the rich man there is a certain document she must never lose. Yeah. Uh, she can lose even her birth certificate. She can, but there is a certain document. Yeah. Are, are you here? There is a certain document that she must not lose. You know, the church of God can lose a lot of documents, but there is one document that we must never lose. The revelation of the seven seals, the Lamb's book of life, the message of the hour. Why? This husband of us is going to be claimed. But us, we will, re we will produce a marriage certificate. Sister, if he has not given you marriage certificate, don't sleep. Things will be up here. Because he can be claimed by anyone. Now, marriage certificate, for it to meet the legal requirement, it must have the following. Bring it, brother. There we go. It must reflect what they call a maiden name. That you were a Sitali before you went low. It must show that there's been a change of a name. Are you with me? It must have a date of marriage. It must speak about the type of marriage. Unless the marriage is business, which I'm not here for business, a real marriage is in community of property. I'm preaching as a pastor. I'm not a businessman. It must have the name of the marriage office. It must have a place of marriage. Are you getting what we mean? Your pro brother Brenham says, we have received a marriage certificate. And that marriage certificate is our affidavit. Now, if we've got a marriage certificate as the bride of Jesus Christ, Brother Bram says, in one message, he says, I no longer call you church, I call you the bride. Amen. What is happening? It's a change of a name. Amen. You are no longer Sarah, you are Sarah. Amen. You are no longer uh, uh, Simon, but you are Peter. Always when God deals with people, he changes their name. Even you, your name was changed. You are not just a church, but now you are a bride. The type of marriage that we have is in community of property. That means whatever it is his, it's ours. Are you still with me? If it's got a healing, it's our healing. If it's got power, it's our power. Whatever he has, we have. Amen. 
What does it mean? We can sign on his behalf. And it will be legally binding for him. It must have the name of marriage officer. Who is the marriage officer in our time? Here it's something that I want you to know. Paul was not a marriage office. Because the woman was still just young, virgin. She was still growing. Are you getting what we mean? Luther was not a Luther, Martin Luther, all reformers, none of them were marriage officers. They were just watching over this woman. Until she reaches the English word that they use, the age of nobility, yeah. where she's nubile, meaning marriageable. Yes. We don't, you don't marry a child, you marry a woman. Are we together? Yeah. So Paul says, I've espoused you as a virgin. Yeah. He was responsible there for it. But in the end time, he didn't espouse us. It was a time for marriage. Yeah. Oh, you are not hearing me. Paul could have never said I'm Eliezer because marriage was not taking place then. Martin Luther could have never said I'm Eliezer. But in the end time, there is somebody that say, I'm Eliezer. What is happening? The groom is coming down on Sunset Mountain. You're not hearing me. You're not hearing me. The place of marriage. Started on Sunset Mountain. And later the brother Bram comes and says, You are now pregnant with the weight. Yes. Paul could never tell the church that it's pregnant yes. because the church was not married. Yes. But William Branham can say, You are pregnant yes. because you are married. Yes. Then after marriage, we go to the wedding supper to celebrate marriage that happened here. The when we speak about the bride, we're not only referring to you in this age. The bride starts all the way from the day of Pentecost. And to a certain extent, maybe we'll come with a message where even some Jews are going to be part of the Gentile bride. I'll bring that. It's algebra. In the invisible union of the bride. Brother. Maybe let me rush to. Let's keep few so that I release them. Let's come to my picture. Go forward. There we go. Now, go before this one. There's two pictures. There's one. Yeah. We said this other picture was taken when? I hope you're not hungry. This picture was taken when? <laughs> and that other picture is when? Now. Now, when God looks at you, let's go to the next one, picture. God looks at you as a... He sees a man within a man. People see this part. But they don't see this part. Yeah. The weight is not preaching to this part. Yeah. 
the word is preaching to this man. Now, for you to be a believer, this man must control this man. And for you to be an unbeliever, that means you don't have this man. Are you getting what we mean here? For? I know a man in Christ, whether out of the body or in the body, but such a man I know. That's your real self. Let's look at looking at the unseen. Two quotations, then I release you. Paragraph two zero. The prophet says, and men, when he chooses, as the days go on, we find men continually getting worse, choosing rather to walk by sight instead of faith by the unseen. When he does that, he robs the inner man, which is the soul. That's the eternal part of man. In the message of the Messiah, 1.8, it says, now for instance, when a man gets saved, maybe bring the quotation, uh, they bring that picture of the inner man for me. This is my last quotation. For instance, when a man gets saved, the light that comes into him is about like this little white button on my shirt. How big? Brother says, that light comes into him, it's about like this little white button on my shirt. That's when God comes into the inner part of a man. So, there is a, a man within a man. But there is a man within a man within a man. You have not heard me. There is a man, there is the inner man. But when a man is saved, there is a, a light that is as the size of a button. It moves into, not just this man, into the inner man. Amen. And that light, who is that one? Christ. So that's why I say there is a man within a man within a man. There is Christ within the inner man, which is a man that is within a man. Brother Bram says three is perfection. So you are not just a dual being. There is another one within, within. But for that one to be within, within, there must be another part within. He can never, he can never dwell in the hands that is made of clay. He must dwell in the supernatural house. So within you there is a supernatural house which is your inner man, and within that inner man, there is the light. That's what makes you a believer. Amen. Go back to the previous picture. He sinned, he didn't sin. He committed adultery, he never committed adultery. The devil looks at this one, God looks at this one. Your real self is this one. God bless you, Rich. As we stand to our feet. You know, with this little light within a man, within a man, you can take it. A man is like the tabernacle. Both the first court, second court, third court. 
But within the third court, there's a light that was there in the presence of Shekinah glory. Even you, with a man within a man, there must be a Shekinah glory there. How many are happy to say to the devil, I didn't do it? How many are happy to say to the devil, it wasn't me? Yes, my name is there. Yes, everything looks like me, but it wasn't me. And I can prove it because I've got the son of David. Forgiven, not just forgiven, but justified. I think so after such a sermon, we simply say, go and sin no more. Let's sing just a worshiping song. Do you love the message? Do you believe this is our diet? Beulah Lane. <laughs> 
rather we come before like all these places all the days the last morning we've come into your house Lord with an expectation from our heart Holy Lord you've seen me for God Almighty of each one of us and things that your children have been going through this is why you've prepared us a God this morning to come and hear from you Lord Jesus Lord, we worship you, Jehovah Jireh. Holy Jehovah Jireh, Lord, because we've seen you providing. When men couldn't, when everything failed, Lord, you provided. Jehovah Rapha, Father, we've seen you healing, O God Almighty, man. When everything and doctors could stop, O Father, you came in. And whenever you step in, O Lord Jesus, there is healing. Father, we come to worship you, Jehovah Shammah, always, forever there with us. Jehovah Shalom, we salute your peace, Lord. When trouble comes and all the circumstances in the world, you always make sure that we have our peace in our heart. This morning, Lord, we've come to hear from you. We understand how forgiven we've been, Lord. God Almighty, you don't just forgive, you forgive and forget. You're not a man to remember, Lord. Mm. When you forgive us, we move on. You look at us as if it's never happened. Exactly. That's why we've come, Lord Jesus, so that we can hear from you, our maker. God Almighty, in this body, we will fail again and over again. Until the rapture comes, Lord, we shall fall, O God Almighty. But when we fall, we don't remain there, Lord. For you say, seven times shall we fall, but we rise again, Father. Help us rising, oh Father Lord. We don't want to remain in that falling stage. We want to rise by grace. We want to keep moving, Lord Jesus. There's no stopping forward we go until you take us home, Lord. The devil will bring whatever he has to. He'll come and remind us about our past. We know his future. We can tell him about his future, not his past. His past, Lord, he was an angel in heaven, but we know that there's hellfire waiting for him. We were sinners before, Lord. You took our place at the cross. You became sin so that today we stand, O oh Lord, and say we sin no more. So that we stand today and say we are righteous, O oh God. By grace, we salute your presence mm. among us, O oh God. We pray that your presence, Lord, can come and dominate, O oh Father, Lord. Come and have dominion upon each and every spirit in this place, O oh Father. We stand against all spirits of divorce, O oh Father. Yes. Spirits of disorder, O oh Father, Lord. All of those kind of spirits, we stand against them in the name of Jesus Hallelujah. Christ. Heavenly Father, we know that, O oh God, nowadays a lot is happening in churches. A lot is happening among your people, Lord. The devil has no time to race, so we don't have time to race either. Together we stand, Lord. We only have you. We only have the words, oh God. Brother Branham didn't go with this word. He came pointing us to the message of Father. We have the message and this is the only thing that can keep us stand, oh God. Stand and fight the devil to the very hand. You say, I shall be with you until the end. Lord Almighty, these are your scriptures, Father. You gave us, oh Father, Lord, so that we can have references. This is what we're doing, Lord. We pray that you come, oh Father, and fill, oh God Almighty. Fill your people, your children with the Holy Ghost, oh God. Without the baptism of the Holy Ghost, no one shall make it to the rapture. Come and baptize your people right in the soul. 
fill us with your spirit, Hallelujah. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes. Heavenly Father, be any need, oh God, spoken or unspoken, known or unknown, oh Father, Lord, in the heart of your children. We declare solution to them, oh God. May you come and address every need in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Gracious Lord, we thank you for this word of this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the way you've used this vessel this morning, Lord. Virtuous gone out, we pray that you come, oh God, and refill him again, oh Father. Keep him standing strong, oh God. Fill him even more with your spirit, Lord, so that to the very end he can stand and defend this message in the mighty name of Jesus. With no shame, no fear, we shall stand for this message. Gracious Heavenly Father, we welcome your presence. Thank you for your presence among us. Now that we are about to go to our respective places, Lord Almighty, I pray that you come and grant us a traveling mercy, Lord. Come and bless us, O Father, even in our houses. May we go, Father, Lord, with this anointing, O Heavenly Father. Bless us, Heavenly Father. Bless your people, God, till we meet again. We commit all this into your hand. Even our youth in the church, Lord, yes. we bring them to you, God Almighty. So the devil is a liar. We know that, oh, Father, Lord, we shall remind him day and night, the devil is a liar. Our youth will remain intact by grace in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Gracious Lord, we appreciate your presence. Thank you for your presence among us. As we commit all to you for your glory, we ask in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you richly till we see you tomorrow with that other song. And just make sure young people are studying the seven church Asian. If they must not do it a night before. Because normally when you do it night before, you fail. Amen. But after you read, you revise, then you read and you revise. But by December, the seven church age will almost be there and done and dusted. They would have gone through it. Amen. God bless you. And read it with them, parents. Ne? Read it with? Yeah, imagine uh, the child writing and getting zero. Then we look at the parent. Kanda. Amen. God bless you. Make it a family affair. Let's all go through the seven church age book. It will wrap off our children. Amen. God bless you. Give us songs as we go. Amen. And for winner, that other one, you forgot about it. You had another one. Let's start with that other one. Amen. Um, cancel that, so no, I want it. God bless, amen. God bless you. Sweet, sweet Jesus, sweet Jesus, what a wonder you are. You are brighter than the morning star. Oh, you are fairer, much fairer. Sweet Jesus, what a wonder you are. You are brighter than the morning star. 
Sou nas mãos 